0: StarCast returns to the Chicago area this Labor Day weekend. Tickets for StarCast 6 are now on sale at StarCast.com. Join us at the Hyatt Regency Schaumburg starting Friday night, September 1st, for unique fan experiences with wrestling legends from yesterday and superstars from today. Follow StarCast events on Twitter for the latest updates about all things StarCast. Can't be in Chicago? Premier Streaming Network has you covered. Visit StarCastOnPremiere.com and get daily access or save with the weekend bundle. Get all past StarCast, the upcoming wrestling showcase event, as well as thousands of hours of content from your favorite promotions and stars. And two months of Premier Plus for free. Order now at StarCastOnPremiere.com. StarCast 6 is brought to you in part by ProWrestlingCrate.com, monthly mystery crates for die-hard wrestling fans. Plans start at $9.95 and are the perfect gift for any wrestling fan. Visit ProWrestlingCrate.com today.
1: in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bramwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spinebuster, the 1A of tag team wrestlers, our television champion, and as we learned last week, he's a man who will never just fade to black. He's the enforcer. He's A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week, my friend?
2: Very good. How about you, Chef?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, sir. It's that time of the week again where you and I get to sit down and uh, and talk about some past wrestling. And, man, I'm also excited because... It's almost time for football, my friend, and I know you and I are both uh, big fans of football, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the, uh, I know you're a college guy, I'm more of an NFL guy too, but uh, I'm excited about the football season.
2: When's the first game?
1: Uh, so I have, the, uh, again, I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan, I know you're a Panthers fan, Steelers home opener is on the 10th, and it's uh, versus the 49ers, September 10th.
2: Should be a good game.
1: Oh, my goodness. Talk about a test. But uh, we're in the preseason right now here in August. How about the Panthers? You looking forward to seeing uh, the youngster at quarterback?
2: A lot of changes. New coach, new quarterback, you know, some new talent here and there, some people in the front office. And, you know, uh, Charlotte is, uh, is a huge sports city. They support everything. You know, the new soccer team's drawing well and and uh, even the basketball games, and they're not great. So, but football, a lot of Panthers fans, people support the team. We have a very positive outlook until there's a reason to not.
1: <laughs> That's the beauty, though, of the beginning of the football season. Every year, every team feels like when you get started that, hey, glasses half full. My team could do something this year, barring injury or something, you know, unless you're a you know Cleveland Brown fan just kidding just kidding i have to take the the shot across the bow but you know typically everybody everybody's looking forward to the start of the season until like you said that major injury happens or shit just starts not to go right for your team
2: well you know everybody has entertainment whatever it may be whether it's golfing fishing you know whatever they watch on tv bowling you know everybody our deal is football, and I will sit there all day long and watch football games. I love it.
1: I'm with you, man. Well, hey, we're excited about the season, but we're also excited about wrestling, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. Before we jump into this week's show, Arn, I want to remind our audience of ArnLinks.com, the spot to find all things Enforcer. And uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, man, that's where, you know, you can find everything, whether it's our social media accounts, whether it's where, if you want to find that merchandise like Arne and I are wearing today, this awesome TV title championship t-shirt, Arne's tradition of excellent t-shirt that he's wearing. Uh, You got behind me here, you can see the horseman jacket, the horseman hat, all of it's over there and uh, there's stuff that's dropping regularly. So check it out. ArnLinks.com, com, .com, but Arn, lots of stuff for the Arn Anderson fan in your life, right?
2: Good-looking, high-quality stuff, something that you'd be proud to be seen in, for sure.
1: Sure. There you go. Uh, As always, I've mentioned it at the close of the show, but when I mention ad-free shows, uh, lots of bonus content over there, starting at just $9 a month. You can access uh, all that content and so much more. And Arn, uh, he's been there from the beginning. Okay. He's one of the founders, just like one of the four horsemen founders of adfreeshow.com. And that's where we have a hardcore group of fans that represent AdFree. And uh, we had a, someone ask a question last week that says, I'm a part of this s- subscriber base because I'm here for Arn. Okay. And so that speaks volumes of the audience that's over there. So if you're looking to, to connect as a wrestling fan and find other fans that are friends of Arn or some of the other shows, that's a great place to start and give it a shot.
2: And if you got a friend, let them know if you're enjoying the podcast. And, you know, in recent weeks, I've been doing some uh, personal appearances and some signings and stuff. And, man, the first thing they say, love the podcast. So tell somebody.
1: Yeah, you better tell somebody. There you go. Mm. I love it. Armed with that, let's pick up with where we closed last week's show, and that's with your return to television. What an amazing promo uh, that you ended last week's coverage with. Uh, we covered so much of that, but, uh, man, we had Watts, his departure, Oli's arrival. Uh, did Oli or even Rick pitch you making the return and, and wrapping up the angle with Watts? Because that's kind of what you did through your promo. Uh, Can you talk about that at all? Do you remember how that kind of settled in for you to kind of come back with that promo?
2: I don't remember when we started uh, the plans, but there was a plan to pick that up and let it have an ending uh, conclusion to it. But maybe as we get through some of these clips and some different stuff, it'll come back to me. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh, that's good. Well, listen, as we uh, touched on last week, following his departure from WCW, Flair's non-compete agreement kept him from wrestling, but it didn't mean he couldn't appear on either pay-per-views or television. And in our first clip of the week, we're jumping right in, Arn. We got four clips total this week. While the Nature Boy holds court with our buddy Tony Schiavone, you and the Nature Boy are back together since the first, or should I say the first time since June of 1991. That's right. We're in March of 93 here. It's been more than two years since you two have been together. And we're going to take a look at how it all went down here. March 6, 1993 on an episode of Saturday Night. Let's see it together.
3: Tell you what, you can hear the fans here in the arena and all across the country, second week in a row. Welcome back to WCW Saturday Night, Rick.
4: Tony Schiavone, I believe... That this is called. There's Missy. Missy baby, I promise you, we'll get together, we'll party. Don't leave, honey, I'll be with you shortly, you know. (laughs) She's like so many. (laughs) After one ride, baby, they always wanna come back for more. You know, here I am, back in WCW. And I see three things that stand out. Most of all, I see. Dustin Rhodes running around with the United States Heavyweight Championship calling himself the new US champ. I see Barry Wyndham running around as the NWA champion wearing a belt I never lost. And then I see the monster. Big Van Vader, the man guided by Harley Race and now they call him the world champion. Well, if I'm the real world champion and I haven't got one of these belts, what's happened, Tony? I believe what it's called is that I am the last of the real wheel-dealing, kid stealing limousine riding, just flying, son of a gun. Whoa. Arn Anderson
3: making his way. Now, wait a minute. Your security guy.
4: Bring him up. Come on, double A. Come on up, brother. Bring him up. He's fine. Come on, bring him up. Uh, All right, Arn you Anderson. Me we're not turning the world around. Double A, brother. All right, Arn.
3: What a moment this is.
5: Tony Giovanni, I'm beside myself right now at just having him back alone, if nothing else happens from this day forward, I'm a happy man. But there's a lot of people out there, most of which figured Arn Anderson was just going to fade to black. His knee was blown out, his career was over, that's it, cut and drive. One person in particular hoped that. Well, Eric Watson seems to me the turn of events is now that the mighty eagle has left the nest, and he's left a little duckling to fend for himself. There's an old saying that goes like this. Adversity introduces a man to himself. And anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I'm not dead. My knee's getting better every day. Now, with no political stroke, Eric watch it's just got to be you and I. Man to man, head up. There's one thing about this whole scenario, Rick, that's been bugging me the last few days. Ever since I knew you were coming back, I can't explain it. Maybe you can. Maybe these people can. It's just... Strange cramping in my forearm. It's really been bothering me. It seems to be cramping in this position. You tell me, does it mean something or not? I
4: think it means the world over. What's causing all this?
1: My goodness. Business is about to pick up, as you say, Arn. Let's hope so. We got Flair getting that huge pop from the audience who clearly missed him. Teases Missy, uh, whatever's going on there. But listen, just like you said last week, the ability to put others over within your promo. He puts over Dustin, puts over Barry. Talks about the monster Vader, right? So smart from Flair, recognizing these men who were so instrumental in the success of WCW during his absence, right? But, of course, he reminded all of us that he never lost the title, Wyndham's carrying, and he's the real world champion.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, that's just smart. when you, He just singled out some guys that you know are going to be involved with flair going going forward and it doesn't take but 30 seconds to do that it's a long start
1: yeah yeah and he delivered uh it's it's a similar message that you had delivered last week and eric watched your protector has flown the coop my friend and now it's you and me Uh, that's what you said the intensity the believability the credibility this is what makes you one of the best promos on in all the land my friend so uh it's good stuff
2: you know i believe what i said that's one thing we could feel. It. I, I can say. By I had, you know, I've been beat a lot over the years. I've been beat up a lot over the years, but every time I walk through that curtain, I believed I was going to win. I believe in me, I bet on me, and I believe, you know, in any fight, number one, strike first and be vicious. And things that you never thought could happen suddenly appear. Strike first,
1: strike hard, no mercy, sir, from the classic Karate Kid movies. And uh, But, buddy, you did. You had the swagger and the confidence, and it came through in your promos. And I got to ask this. Flair and Anderson are like peanut butter and jelly. Or in our case, maybe your case, chocolate and almonds. Was there ever any discussion about having you guys reunite with the horseman tease? Or was this a day one decision everyone was on board with? Was it like, hey, it's automatic. Flair's back. We're going right back to the Horsemen.
2: Yeah, and I don't remember whose idea it was, but it, you know, with the with the proper two guys, you know, it it could have flamed up again. Who knows? It was just yeah. to this day, you know, I'm walking through anywhere, and people are wooing me. I don't know why they're wooing me, but it's just that close. <laughs> I love <you> know, it. <laughs> I look at my I look at Aaron or I look at Brock. I go, why are they wooing? I mean, that's that's Flair's gimmick, but it's just. They look at us being so that's closely right. closely together over the years, and that's what they're wooing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. It, is, it is. The analogy of peanut butter and jelly, for better, for worse, whatever that means, you guys were tied together at the hip when it comes to to success. So, yeah, they're going to woo you, and, uh, and especially the four fingers. And Ole, remember, he's the booker. Okay. And he and Flair didn't always see eye to eye and, you know, but so I'm not sure if, you know, it's hard to argue because, you know, listen, Oli didn't make a ton of money with the horseman faction. I mean, he was in it for a hot, you know, few months or whatever until he decided to go on his way. But, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Always love to see you two together on screen.
2: But you know, he had made a several fortunes prior to that, back when he was part owner and all that. Ole had already made a huge fortune and we got eight kids you better but he made a lot of money when he was the booker for Jim Barnett and all that you know I don't Mm -hmm. know that he made a lot even as the booker at this particular time matter of fact he you know there was a conversation we had about that and uh, with him uh, not
1: being excited as far as what he was getting paid as the booker
2: yeah yeah Yeah. well here and here's here's a story and uh, Ole never, if you know, he never said I'm sorry, I was wrong, nothing to that. He was never wrong. He was never sorry about anything. And when he took over the book, and I was stuck with this cut my money in half two-year contract with Watts. Okay, this is during this period. We signed that contract before we before we did the angle that when my Four months were up with my full contract. I would go to half pay for two years. So I went in and I talked to Oli. I said, you know, Watts killed a bunch of us, you know, Rock. I said, you know, he, his deal was to just to come in and, and not set the company on fire. But uh, whatever money he could save them, that's what he got paid off of. So he started cutting everybody's money. And I said, you know, and I I told him what, what they cut mine to. I said, you know, they cut me in half and... You know, it's just not right. I've got my lifestyle up to a certain point, and worked my ass off to get in a position to earn that money. And now it's, you know, he says, "Well, Jesus Christ, Aaron, you make more than I do. What can I do about it?" Years later, uh, it might have even been when we did the first reunion of the Horseman Greg Price show up in same location that I was just in, University Hilton in Charlotte and for some reason he said you know I remember something about a conversation you and I had one time when I was you know maybe in a position to help you and I didn't and it's one of the things that I regret and you never I never expected him to say something like that because he did not fix my money at that time and his his response to it really was you American more than I am well, I'm also out here wrestling 200-plus days on the road, too, what I wanted to say. you know? Sure. Um, but I didn't, and we let it go. And that's just one of those things. Very rarely do you see the naked underbelly of Ole Anderson. And just for that brief moment, I felt like he was sincere. I could have helped you, and I didn't. And I feel that's one of the things I regret. Whew.
1: That's powerful coming from a guy like you said, Arne, that would never— that, would never, that was never the type to go back or say I wanted, anything like that. If, I,
2: if somebody was betting me a trillion dollars, Oli said that, I'd say you got your mind.
1: Yeah. Huh. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, gives us a lot of, of context and perspective. And again, this is the insight that I think uh, your fans and uh, supporters enjoy hearing on the show. So, um, so it is what it is. Arn. you're making half the money of what you made as we watch this, basically.
2: Yeah, and uh, for two years. Okay.
1: 93 to 95. Uh, Yep. Yeah. My goodness. Who finally got it fixed for you? Eric?
2: Eric Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Wow. He sure did. So? Yeah.
1: We want to pause this episode of The Arn Show right now to talk about one of Arn and I's favorite things to do besides watching wrestling and football. We love sitting around the table with family and enjoying a good meal. And we want to let you in on a little secret. We found the key to dinnertime success, and for us, it's all about variety. Well, HelloFresh has got it figured out. They keep your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, that's right, they got the cheap meals and the splurges all covered. You're guaranteed to always find new and exciting recipes to try and love. And this fall, we all know you got places to be and standing in the checkout line is not one of them. So leave the meal planning and grocery shopping to HelloFresh with pre-portioned ingredients and easy step-by-step recipes delivered to your door. You'll save so much time and cut out the hassle. I don't know about you, but it seems like my family is hungry all the time. Guess what? HelloFresh has that covered too. You can add snacks. Sides and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over a hundred add-on items. Man, that is a home run. I tell you what, between the kids, practices, school schedules, the shoot jobs, sitting down to record podcasts, time is of the essence in our household, and HelloFresh has saved the day. Between ease of use and variety, Arn and I both give our stamp of approval on HelloFresh. And you will too. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash 50ARN and use code 50ARN for 50% off plus free shipping. That's 50ARN. And join the revolution. It's America's number one meal kit. So don't wait around. Take advantage of this exclusive offer to the Arn Show listeners and go to HelloFresh.com slash 50ARN and use code 50ARN for 50% off plus free shipping and let them know
0: the Enforcer sent you. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
1: Well, let's continue on here with what's happening because I wanted to discuss, we teased it last week, you make an appearance for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the company owned by James E. Cornette. (laughs) Big smile on your face. Cornette formed the company in October of 1991. He left WCW. He had a contract dispute with Jim Hurd. Uh, Cornette arguably has one of the greatest minds for old-school territory wrestling. He Mm. applied what he had learned during his time in Jim Crockett and WCW. He creates this this territory that has this old-school feel. Notable talent that worked for Corny included Stan Lane, who left WCW with uh, Cornette. Dr. Tom Pritchard, one of my favorite guys. Uh, I love Dr. Tom. Uh, A a man that's probably more remembered for who he trained. Uh, than wrestling these days, the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics, right? You just mm-hmm. saw some of these guys when you were in Charlotte, right? Doing your appearances.
2: I did. As a matter of fact, Brock wrestled Jaron, who's the uh, the son of Tommy, not Tommy, katamani Yeah, uh, Bobby
1: Bobby uh, Bobby Bobby Fulton, Bobby, yeah. Bobby
2: Fulton and yeah. uh, he's doing a good job. He's he's just getting started. He's very very green, but he has aptitude for this. He has some talent, so. Yep, we brought Russell to MO, uh at the uh, event in Charlotte.
1: That's awesome. You got here's who else is down there: Bob Armstrong, uh, you got Bob Holly, Chris Candido, Tammy Sitch. That's well documented. Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, and Glenn Jacobs. I mean, my goodness! Not only the mayor of Knox County, but played Kane for two decades in the WWF. Quite the group of talent that Corny had here. Uh, and he gets to add wrestlers like you and Bobby Eaton to these one-off deals.
2: Yeah, this was during the I was still off from the from the angle uh, with with Eric, okay. And uh, basically, I guess Cornet called and asked for me, and since I was not doing anything at the time, uh, he booked me in to do the deal with uh, Smokey Mountain, and and this is how smart Jimmy is. Cully Blanchard and I and Ole Anderson and I must have wrestled the Rock and Roll Express 300 times. And when they put that sheet over me, if you remember the angle. We're going to watch it. The uh, Rock and Roll Express brought me in. I don't believe there is a soul on earth that could have picked me being (laughs) under that. That's what made that so good because we had such a history of beating each other half to death.
1: Buddy, we have the full segment of your appearance for Cornet. We're going to take a look at it. Smoky Mountain, you ready for this? Yes. All right, here we go. Let's check it out.
6: Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. They are accompanied to the ring tonight. They are accompanied to the ring tonight by their mystery partner.
7: fans you heard it in there you see it and someone under that sheet the mystery partner of the Rock and Roll Express who can be under the sheet I've got to tell you that both the bodies and the studs have really got to be wondering and you know the stud stable is wondering because Dutch Mantell made a quick beeline out to go back and talk and, and confer with Robert Fuller and Jimmy the Stud Stable, and here comes Jim Cornette in the heavenly bodies. Of, what? Cornette, all laughing and going, Hey, oh, oh, what? You, what are you laughing? What in the world are you laughing at? Why can't he put this thing on? You don't know who's under there. Why? Why it's, are you
8: laughing at that? I know who it is. It's David Duke. That's David Duke up there at ringside. I've seen him a million times. <laughs> Can you believe this? Can you believe that the Rock and Roll Express don't have no more guts than that? They couldn't find anybody. I knew they wouldn't be able to get anybody. And what have they done? They have took some goof, some probably from down at the Texaco station, dressed him up like Casper the Ghost, dragged him in here, and they're trying to make us think they've got some kind of credible guy that's gonna be a mystery partner. Jim, they I, couldn't find nobody with the guts to get in the ring with us, do You shut up, Jim. You, you I have known these amazing. guys
7: a long, long time. They're not those type of individuals. If they say they and, got a partner, I gotta believe they got somebody under there. You believe
8: anything people tell you. That's why you're in politics. Let me tell you something right now. They get a bunch of thinking palette. In that dressing room back there, and every single one of them turned the Rock and Roll Express down, would not be their partner. They couldn't find nobody. So they get, can we get a shot? Can we get a camera shot? Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Are we supposed to be scared of Casper the ghost, huh? Are we supposed to be scared of that?
7: He's not moving a muscle. He's bigger than Casper. He looks a whole heck of a lot bigger than Casper to me. He ain't moving a muscle because he's probably not got one to move. It's some big
8: fat slob redneck. From down at the local fall and crawl tavern that they got soused up enough to put an outfit like that on they still can't find nobody they will get in the ring with the Heavenly bodies they're not trying to they're, they're trying to to hide they're trying to back up they're trying to make us think they got somebody they ain't got nobody they got
7: nothing beautiful double drop kick look at the timing on that here's robert got him covered one two three three. there it is and there you see the mystery (laughs) partner fans here's your winner of the match the rock and roll express (laughs) all right fans the rock and roll and there's the mystery partner the rock and roll express the winners in the tag team match and i tell you we can go back now and watch it as they get out they're gonna come over and talk to the mystery partner. There. That
8: is the funniest thing. That's the funniest thing that I've seen in a week or two. You ain't conning nobody. You ain't got nothing. That's a go. Look at all these rednecks. they probably seen people in sheets coming up to their house all the time. You ain't got nobody. You're scared, you ain't got nobody,
6: nobody'll team up with you. That's some jerk, jerk, some goof. Oh yeah. What about it? You talk big cornet, but I tell you one thing. If you've got the guts in you, won't you go pull that seat off of him and see, it and see mm-hmm. it's nobody? Don't oh, see it's nobody, big boy. That goes for all three of you. Bobby, Bobby hey, 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 hey. Hey, Let's Please. go over and get a yeah. good laugh. Let's, Let's go over and see go. Big
8: Bubba from the gas station. Just, just stay in front of me. Hey, Bobby, come here. Come here, Bob. Come here Bobby. here, Bobby. Come all here. All right,
7: and Jim Cornette, now in the heavenly bodies, they're going to walk right down the ringside. Rick, I don't know.
6: Is he going to pull it off? I don't think so. But if he does, what a surprise he's going to have! Because I told you, Cornett, I had a mystery partner for you. He just punched him. And he punched him again, Rick. Right? Uh-huh. Then he punched him. Come on, Cornette. Oh, he's getting a little brave now. He's not doing nothing. Watch this. Uh, oh, look at this. Haha. Kick him or what? He's going to pull it off. Oh, my heavens. I'm about to have a heart attack. It's an end of that. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going to have a heart attack. With a big enough hand, he just scored out of
7: Eason. Dan Lane goes down. Eason goes in there. The big backflip. Jim Cornette trying to get the bodies out of here,
6: Cornette.
7: Makes a beeline to get
6: That we wrestle Jimmy Cornett and the Heavenly Bodies, it's always three o two or four o two. And I told you, Cornett, I had myself a mystery partner, and I brought him here tonight for the whole world to see who he
7: is. The Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson. More than a surprise,
5: Arn. I never, never in my wildest dreams would have dreamed it would have been you. I imagine everybody in this building is in shock. A few months ago, everybody thought Arn Anderson was going to fade to black. His knee injury was going to put him out forever. Well, if you can see me now, you got to know I'm well. Now then, this isn't about me or the Rock and Roll Express. You see, they don't really like me, and I don't really like them. But all I ask, when they made the call, was I'll join you in this endeavor but just give me the same fight as my partner that you've given me in the past as my it, opponent and I'll give you the same but Bobby Eaton now let's get to the reason I'm here while I was laid up in Charlotte, North Carolina with my knee blown out did you come by and say get well armed I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. let's get that knee well and going about our business Now what you did, was you ran and stuck yourself back up under Cornette. You became Cornette's little wind-up doll all over again. Let's wind Bobby up and point him and tell him what to do. Well, I never could stand Stan Lane. I can't stand Jim Cornette. But Bobby Eaton, oh, yeah. You gotta have a lesson in loyalty, my friend. And if you don't give me the loyalty that you owe me, then on their behalf and my own, I'm going to beat it out of you. Because you see, Ricky and Robert have got one fault, the only fault that the Rock and Roll Express has is right here. They got a heart. Well, my heart is on vacation in the Cayman Islands. Jim Cornette, you want to whack me with that racket, You'll have to have a gynecologist to get it out of you first thing in the morning. So take this down and take it to the bank. You may never see this tandem together ever again, but if you can get in any building where we're at, get in it while you can because things are going to happen on our behalf. I can guarantee you somebody's going to get hurt. And it ain't going to be us. That's right. Bottom right. Line. Because let me tell everybody one
6: thing. When Rock and Roll Express and Art Edinson get together, all we do is create Stormy fans,
7: What a surprise What a shock to all of the wrestling world. And we'll be back. All
1: right. We're going to break this down bit by bit. You ready for this arm? First of all, that was, that was entertaining.
2: That. So much fun.
1: So much. All right. Cornette cutting the promo the entire time he is on commentary is 100% Jim Cornette. Uh, I always contended that Cornette could read the phone book and it would be as entertaining as hell. I mean, meanwhile, you got the voice of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling for so many years, Bob Cottle trying to keep the show on the rails, but what did you think of those two on commentary for that brief segment that we heard?
2: Oh, the setup? Yeah was fantastic. Great. Bob Cottle was the voice of so many shows, so many shows. And Cornette, you know, it's just—I've never seen a guy that can go on a tangent and never take a breath and never put a <laughs> comma in it. I know. And he never, he never stumbles over a word. He never Nothing. skips a word. He completes every thought, and it just— the content alone is amazing.
1: The flow is fierce. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. like a freight train, and it's just hilarious. And the reveal was fantastic with Cornette about going ass over tea kettle as they revealed it was you under the sheet. What a sell from James E. and the rest of the heels. Physicality ensues, and it, it looked a little sketchy there on the concrete floor. I mean, you're back body dropping Bobby Eaton on the concrete, brother.
2: You think that didn't hurt? Oh, that hurt, man. That was solid concrete with just a, a tarp over it. That was there's mm. nothing. It didn't budge one inch, and that's that's why I say Bobby Eaton was one of the best, top five of all time. Who was willing to do that and put his body on the line? He's just special.
1: And, and I'm listening to you, like just solidify the whole angle with your promo. And I see uh, Robert, uh, not uh, Robert. Uh, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, yeah, standing behind you. And I'm sitting there thinking, does this guy know that, hey, man, I'm in the presence of a man that is just next level when it comes to cutting promos? Because you made the issue personal with Bobby uh, because he didn't support you during the issue. Who comes up with this creative? Is this Cornette? Do you remember
2: how you guys got into this? Or this is you? Okay. You know, because it, it was true that Bobby went back to work, you know, when I did the angle with with Eric Bobby and I were still teaming some right
7: yeah
2: that's on and, true. and off occasionally right. you know yep. it's like so I was able you know to, to actually make an, a real angle because he lived one street over from me and I mean Bobby had to go back to work you know and all that stuff and it was like okay he just in a heel's mind I've been abandoned. When Bobby's got a family to feed; he's got to go back to work. So it was a ready-made angle.
1: Do you remember if this, if the plan for this arm was two or three shot angle from uh, you know from the time it was pitched, or if they were originally going to spend more? If you were going to spend more time in Smoky Mountain?
2: No, I think it was three shots or something okay. like that, and that's it. It was all it was meant to be.
1: Next, let's talk about the talent in this angle because you got the Rock and Roll Express, Tom Pritchard. We saw him, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane, Jim Cornette. And even though they're all stars, especially in Southern wrestling genre, I don't know that we give these men the flowers that they deserve. And as uh, you know, as it should be with the surprise, you're the most established of the entire group as far as national wrestling scene is concerned. How much fun was it working with that, that group back then?
2: Well, I mean, those guys, not, not too long ago when this happened, those guys were as big a stars as they were in the industry. You know, and it, it hadn't been that long from the glory of the Crockett days. And uh, during the, you know, when Crockett was, was on fire, it was, uh, we were as big, we might not have generated the revenue that the WWF did, but we were every bit as big a quality product as anything in the world. And these guys, these guys were top stars with that company.
1: You, uh, we actually have a, quite a few questions from our listeners about your time that you spent there in Smoky Mountain. Are you getting a rainstorm there, Arn? Sounds like yeah, it's coming yeah, down. It's Holy poor. smokes.
2: You can hear that?
1: I can, yeah. That microphone oh. picks it all up.
2: Well, this is high it must be high dollar equipment
1: <laughs> I, hear, I hear it and I'm like wow something's going on down there hopefully you don't we lose you but let's get into uh, while we ha- still have you and you haven't lost power we have a, a, a bunch of questions here so don't
2: we'll start- say that don't I even know, say right? that
1: don't jinx you yeah no
2: air condition in this 90 degree weather
1: oh man yeah that, sounds, that would be brutal
2: emergency emergency <laughs> emergency
1: Brad Stanton's up next he wants to know what you think is the best act Wrestler, gimmick, whatever, to come out of Smoky Mountain, uh, the Smoky Mountain territory.
2: Wasn't that the origination of Kane?
1: It has to be. I, I don't know where you go or else you go. But uh, Glenn Jacobs, I mean, he, he obviously came to WWE, was Isaac Yankum and all that. But, and when you talk about a wrestler that came from that territory, it would have to be him, in my mind.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Glenn was Kane. Kane was Glenn. And the man... To be his size, to be as athletic as he was, I mean, you know, the basketball background and all that tells you why he was such an athlete. But big, strong, jacked, had it all, had a great look. That first cane, when he first came through the curtain with those guys, WWF, that that mask and that that deal was as frightening yeah. and good-looking a, a outfit as I've ever seen.
5: Yeah.
2: And you got to put him up there with Taker as far as, you know, Businessman, ability to work, all those positive accolades. Being almost seven feet tall, you know. Uh, yeah, he was—he was a megastar coming out of there.
1: Jeff, I grew tomatoes in the yard this summer. Fisher asked, "Do you think that Smoky Mountain Wrestling would have ever thrived in the territory era of the '70s
2: and in the early '80s?" Gosh, I don't know why not. If they had the same, same, uh, I guess, backer, who seemed to love wrestling, which is a big key, because he took a few losses before he made any money, I'm sure.
7: Yeah.
2: Um, and if you had that talent list, I don't know why not.
1: They were the, it had the same formula as those old school wrestling regional very, promotions.
2: Very similar to Continental. Yep. You know, when I was there, that was a with a crew of about. Oh, I think we probably had sixteen to twenty guys, and that was it And the entire company.
1: Faithful listener uh, Bryant Haremsa writes in: After having so many matches against the Rock and Roll Express, was it different teaming with them in Smoky Mountain, or was there just so much chemistry that it was easy for you?
2: No, it was it was surreal because it was just so far fetched, you know. In those days, kayfabe was was alive and. Uh, you know, there were good guys and there were bad guys, and at that point in my career, I was pretty much heavily recognized as being a bad guy, and those guys were straight baby babyfaces. Um, so it was kind of surreal, to be honest with you. But I enjoyed it, man, I had a blast.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, the, uh, our last question comes from Carl Hayes, our old pal. He said he wants your opinion on SMW and the time it existed. He says when you appeared in Smoky Mountain, did you think maybe the territories aren't done? Was there a thought that smaller wrestling organizations could still survive?
2: Let me put it to you this way: I hoped. Yeah. You know, the best time I had in my life, like I said, was when the 14 months I worked for Continental down and lived in Pensacola. It was just, it was so different in every way from the big companies, you know, but it was, once you got used to the travel, which was minimal with, with Continental, and it would have been minimal if they would have expanded and uh, with uh, Smoky Mountain, I'm sure. They wouldn't have had a lot of long drives because there's enough towns that were close enough to them. It was just, there was no such thing as airplanes in those days. And to be honest with you, that was a good thing.
0: Hey, guys, need to call a quick timeout here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. Conrad sits down with a pioneer of wrestling television production, director Dan Bynum who discusses his journey through WCW, ROH, MLW, and where it all began for him,
2: world-class.
0: What really was the, uh, the thing that, that catapulted it was one, working with Rick Flair, he came to the territory and wrestled with the Von Erich boys and gave us so much uh, gravitas, and two, the greatest feud in the history of wrestling, the Free Bird Bon Eric feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were there at the hottest time with the hottest show, and we took over the world. The Yeti, Ron Reese, sits down with Ad Free Shows members to talk about his infamous night at Halloween Havoc and how it was received by the boys in the back. Oh, oh no, I
9: remember like Arn Anderson told me that that was the Grizzly Shits and Dusty Rose is like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm just like, hey, thanks. <laughs>
0: That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com.
1: Well, Lauren, uh, the time you spent in Smoky Mountain, I think it's a nice segue here into March of 1993 because you're working as a babyface. That's right. It's almost completely foreign to you. You've been in the babyface in wrestling cities like Philadelphia, Greensboro, Baltimore, and Chicago. But the company never tried to make you a full-blown babyface. But here you are when Flair returns. You two guys are treated like babyfaces because the top heels are Barry Windham, Vader, Rick Rude. So i got to ask, as a lifelong heel, ring general, and star maker, how different was it for you to be largely cheered by the audience? Did you like it? Did you... Hated I mean, what do you
7: think? Okay,
1: hated.
2: It. Uh, you know, even today, like at these cons and stuff we go to, the the best compliment I can get is somebody will come up to me and they'll go, "I hope you don't get mad about this, but my grandmother hated your guts."
1: <sighs> and you, that just makes you
2: mission happy. accomplished. <laughs> You know, yeah, I just I like being the bad guy. I like getting my ass kicked when it's time. I like doing nasty things to people and eliciting the reaction that makes them want to love that baby face and makes his job easy and my job easy. You know, there I I go along hundred percent still to this day. You have to have good versus evil in our industry. Babyface matches get real old real quick, and so do heel matches, because if I hate everybody in the match, then my interest is, you guys go ahead and kill each other. Who gives a shit? Right. So you got to have that good versus evil, and I love being the guy to make the other guy across the ring endeared to the audience. Do you have
1: a guy, Arn, that either you looked up to as a young wrestler or someone that you think of now that's like, man, that, that is the mold. They broke the mold. That is a heel's heel. Maybe you patterned yourself after this and watched a wrestler. Or maybe there's a wrestler now that you see and is like, man, they got it down.
2: Well, I thought Paul Orndorff was a hell of a heel because he was a legitimate badass and he looked the part. And, you know, when he talked, he was intense. Ted DiBiase, you know, especially in the Mid-South days, before he was playing a character, he was just Ted DiBiase and he was just a world-class worker. And His thought process about the business was just so advanced. Um, Again, go back to Dick Slater, Bob Orton Jr., just guys that I just, I just liked what they did for whatever reason that was.
1: Yeah, and it was because they were and they're they were nasty heels.
2: They really were, and they were just you know you would out wrestle them. It's simple formula. Babyface would out wrestle them once, twice, three times, and you could just see the frustration building. And finally, it's like piss on this, and I'm gonna stick him in the you know in the eye with a thumb, kick his knee out from under him, and, and we're off and running.
1: Well, arm moving on uh, from you working as a babyface, let's talk about two of our favorites here at the Orange Show. Stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman. And they're known collectively here as the Hollywood Blondes. You know, the film reel deal.
2: Yeah, buddy, I do. Yep.
1: Yep, and they're paired together because Watts had nothing for either man at the end of 1992. But, buddy, they became one of the best tag team wrestling tandems in WCW. And as you mentioned, they had the self-confidence, the smugness, the arrogance that made them hateable. But no one could deny their in-ring work and ability to generate heat from the crowd. Austin and Pillman chased the tag titles for the better part of 90 days. Working night after night with, uh, my goodness, Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas. The Blondes were finally rewarded for their hard work and became tag champions March 27th, 1993. And uh, Arn, it's an episode of Worldwide, and then our third clip of the week, we're actually going to watch Austin and Pillman win the Unified Tag Team Championships. Here we go. Let's take a look.
3: Douglas and have such a closeness, such a friendship, a veteran and a youngster. Being the dominant world tag team champion,
9: Only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. You're gonna write that one down, too? No, I've heard that one. one two, but two counts.
3: And again, James Douglas All the old clichés, intestinal fortitude, guts, determination, grit. He's got it all. And giving it his all to the team here. And he's getting the heck beat out of it. Well, yeah, he is. Ha <laughs> ha.
9: And Steve said, Get out. The number one contenders looking very cocky, looking very cocky.
3: Oh, yeah. Look at this! Douglas! In a fit of rage, but he's in the wrong corner! He picks him up! He picked him up!
9: And he caught him with a belly to back Suplex. Both men down now. Now the race is on. Who can get to the corner first? Again out of position. And a position in
3: back and you're right. Second time out of position.
9: What's the matter with him, a veteran like that?
3: He's just so emotional Jesse. He has this youngster that he basically he's, has guided his career. He's
9: over John with the crowd. This is Brian Bryan of the Abdominals. And now, Shane, a long way
3: from his corner. And fans on their feet here. You are seeing one tremendous battle. Four of the finest athletes WCW has to offer. The two greatest tag teams, he missed. Well, this is the best opportunity
9: to get to his corner and make the tag to the dragon that is if the dragon will be there when he gets there
3: he's there now Douglas All oh, the strength he can muster, pulling himself up tag off on the side yes yes it's Steve-O. up a fresh and determined Ricky Steven take it on both men drop kick Legal man steamboat and who it's gonna be Pillman tag had been made to fly in Brian right before steamboat the double coconuts and now Shane Douglas still in oh that's a disqualification that's
9: exactly right I can't believe steamboat would stoop to that level but the referee
3: did not see it what a cheat not see it he's going for the superplex he's going to end it all right now yes he does Combination I've never seen!
1: tag team champions, Arn. We didn't watch the entire match. It went 20 minutes on television. But hey, listen, they're giving plenty of time to tell the story. Non-stop action all the way through. Uh, as we saw there, Austin steals the win with the belt shot because he and Pillman are heels, so that makes a lot of sense for an easy story in return. But soon enough, Arn, you and Paul Roma are going to challenge Austin and Pillman for the tag team titles, but you got to see both of them come along as a team firsthand, Pillman and Austin. And, uh, man, I tell you what, after several months together, they look like a well-oiled machine.
2: Yes, they did. Uh, that was great manipulation of, uh, the referee of the partner of the situation where the, where they were, you know, in the ring, what position they were in capitalizing on uh, the referee's back being turned. It was vintage heel stuff. Pillman using his high-flying abilities now blowing up on him. That's how you keep your same style and you do your same stuff. It just has different outcomes, and you put it in different places. So those guys were getting better every time they wrestled together.
1: Yeah, you got the ground-and-pound technician of of Steve Austin, and then you've got the high-flying ability and, you know— of a of a pillman and it just always seems to make such a a good combination when it comes to tag team wrestling
2: and it picked up the pace as far as being a quicker pace match because guys were in great ring shape
1: Well, uh, our uh, fans love the Hollywood Blondes, so we have a few questions uh, for you about them. Nick Lenz has a fun one. He says, what did you think of this incarnation of the Hollywood Blondes compared to the other two versions of this team, composed of Buddy Roberts and Jerry Brown, as well as Rip Rogers and Ted Oates?
2: I would have to say this one was probably the most successful. I I never saw the other two teams work together. I know that they were. Ted Oates was a great worker. Columbus, Georgia, and Rip Rogers was a very good worker. Uh, I never saw Buddy and the other guy.
1: Yeah, so, I didn't either. Yeah,
2: Can't make an intelligent comment about them, but Austin and Pillman were a great team.
1: Uh, Dylan is back with a question this week, and he asks, was there ever any talk of pushing Austin and Pillman in a singles run towards the world title, or at this point did the powers that be in the company see them as just mid-card guys?
2: I think that's what it was yeah. i don't think that they looked at them as being single mega stars and when they put them together boy they just took advantage of it and made it a great great team
1: that's for sure Arn, in our final piece of business for this week alongside with the nature boy rick flair you announced your return to the ring on wcw saturday night finally we're going to get more Arn anderson in our lives Final clip of the week. We see the two of you together, and you're with Tony Schiavone. He's holding a stick. Our final clip of the week from WCW Saturday night.
3: Well, I don't think there is any question. As you can see, the fans here, the the four fingers are back everywhere, giving the sign. Anderson, I know it's not going to be too long before you're back in the ring. And Nature Boy, Rick Flair. I tell you what, in a fever pitch here.
4: And a fever pitch. Look at them. They're standing. They're begging for it. They want it. It's the enforcer. It's the Nature Boy. It's Saturday night. It's WCW. Woo! And we're live. Everybody wanting to know whether Rick and I are going to tag up. Where's Rick and Russell Bay with them? Where's Rick and Russell Vader? Well, you know what? It's going to happen when I'm good and ready right now. We talking WCW. We're talking about the greatest wrestling promotion in the world. And we're talking about next week. Double A himself walks the aisle
5: again. Woo! Honey, Giovanni, a lot of people have been sitting around waiting on the other shooter drop. Next week, the first victim is lined up. Keep in mind, I'm not wearing a white hat this day I'm going to be just as rough as I ever was, and I'm starting out next week kicking some deep.
1: There it is, starting out next week. Arne, they had the uh, crowd highly (laughs) miked. It was was interesting. But you guys are back, and uh, it's fun to see. Flares loud, flamboyant, vociferous, while well, you keep that cool and intense demeanor, look sporting, you got the jeans and that bomber jacket on, the liver not ice cold message. Uh, the, the contrast between you two is perfect in this presentation. What do you think, Arn?
2: It is in any team. The yeah. best teams are totally different, but they complement each other. It's hard to be twins.
1: It, it doesn't work. I want to see that. It's the differences, the unique characters that, that come together and work. I love it.
2: And how one caters to the other, one complements the other. That's that's the chess game.
1: That's right. Well, listen, we're going to uh, close the show down with a few questions from uh, our friends at Ad Free Shows. And we begin with a new lady who joins the Arn Anderson Fan Club, Miss Heather Whitley, and Heather wants to know, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing everything you know now, what is one thing you would tell yourself during this time frame of your career?
2: Uh, this particular point where we are right now Mm -hmm. um i don't know i think i pretty much had a a direction in mind you know i felt like i had to there had to be some resolution to the eric Watts thing there had to
1: or you probably would have told yourself fight harder for a bigger paycheck
2: well i didn't know you could like i said that's part of that Didn't know you could say no. Um, I always, up until right now, Paul, I'm being 100% honest, I am so thankful to have been in this business for 40 years, and every incarnation of it, even when it was at its worst, it was still better than anything else out there that suited me and suited my lifestyle, and the things I wanted out of life and, and the business, I love going to the gym every day. This was a business that would accommodate that. I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be that entertainer, that guy, that that competitive athlete. You know, I wanted to extend that career, and this was a perfect way to do that. It was just, you know, and, and the benefits of it were, you know, speak for themselves. Uh, it doesn't hurt being on TV every week, you know. And uh, I just, uh, what was the question again?
1: Just about if there was anything in hindsight you would have changed during this era.
2: Yeah. No, I don't think so. I was just glad to be part of it. And I wasn't going to cause any waves. And uh, I knew that if I could stay healthy, then I could pretty much write my own ticket as far as length of career. I wasn't one of those guys that wanted to jump in, and my aspiration was let's do a big money grab, let's hold them up, let's get a big chunk of money, and let's get out. I wanted to do this the way I've done it my entire adult life. I wanted in, and I wanted to stay in.
1: There you go. Loyal listener, I love this question because uh, it resonates with me too. Brian Fuller wrote the following. Do you remember where you were or who you were with during the finals of March Madness in 1993? It was the Fab Five of Michigan blowing the finals. Chris Webber calling that timeout against North Carolina. I'll never forget watching it in Orlando while on spring break with my family. Arne, do you remember this one?
2: I've got a lot of heat in Charlotte living here because I'm not a basketball fan oh no oh no I just never have I had no aptitude to play it and I never I never was a big fan it's like I'm not a soccer fan I don't know the rules I'm not a hockey fan and a lot of people look at me with disdain like Jesus, you know, I thought you were all man, you know. <laughs> you don't like hockey, you know. I know Brock's no. into it. Yeah, He loves it. He, yeah. and he'll, he'll watch soccer. I don't know the rules. And, and let me tell you something. When they're running down the field and a guy just barely clips another guy on the ankle or something and he goes down like he's been shot with a damn 30 6 <laughs> you lose me. This is coming from a professional wrestler. Right. You lose me right there. <laughs>
1: I love it. So, so, but do you remember? Do you, do you remember that series? I have no of idea. <laughs> no. Um, wow! I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Well, I'm
2: a member of the, uh, the Fab Five. I mean, I'm oh, not yeah. an idiot. I watched TV. Eric
1: Montross was uh, the center for North Carolina when they won that title. Derek Phelps. I remember that team so well, and. Uh, you had george lynch brian reese yes because i was i've been a fan of the tarheel basketball program and i watched it in my room and i think i celebrated by hitting the old the uh hitting the cans with the uh the spoon the old spoon and the and the and the cooking container oh, what a weirdo i was a teenager are i was a young teenager i was very excited for the tarheels one in the championship that year
2: slow down before i start Evaluating who's in this other split screen over here. <laughs> I don't know about the spoon in the can. We're gonna to have to talk it about it. It was like that. New Year's Eve celebration. You know when they bang the pans? I was banging the pans, man. Nowhere that I've ever celebrated New Year's every be bang pans. <laughs> We usually drink kamikazes and shit like that.
8: I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, but you were never taking the pot outside and and, and banging it around. Okay, no, gotcha. no, no. All right. Well, we're learning a lot about each other doing this. Let's we're, wrap it up this. <laughs> Go ahead. That's a good one to quit on. We got one more from jo- Coach Josh Rosenbaum. He wants to know if at this point you knew you were going to fight Barry for the NWA world title in May at Slambury
2: a short build I don't remember it wasn't a big setup or a okay. big big anything it but hey it was for the for the world champion against the world champion and that being Barry Wendham excited me enough title no title anything
1: yep. I uh, can't wait. We're going to get into it here, buddy. And that, But uh, this one, that's going to wrap us up for this week. I'm going to go slam some kitchen pans around. Next week, we're going to watch and discuss the infamous match between Vader and Cactus Jack from Saturday night. We're going to watch a six-man from uh, Smoky Mountain Bluegrass Brawl uh, that we set up today. Arn, you're going to challenge Barry Windham for the world title. Eric Watts wants some of the Enforcer. Man, that's a dumb decision. And we're going to discuss the debut of Flair for the Gold and so much more.
2: <laughs> that involved, remind me that next week of the, all the costume changes, because, buddy, that was, took on a life of its own. We'll right. talk about that next show.
1: I can't wait. Listen, if your business targets 25 to 54-year-old men, then there's no better place than to advertise with Arn.com right now. So check it out. You've heard us do ads for some of the same companies for years, and it's because it works. And with our super-targeted super audience, there's very little waste. So go to advertisewitharn.com now and find out more about how you can advertise with us on the show. If you have pots and pans to sell, I can help sell those things. I like to oh. clang them around when championships are won. So check it out, advertisewitharn.com. Also, as we started the show, check us out on adfreeshows.com. You get it early, ad-free, access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts, including this podcast, starting at just 9 bucks. Um, and you can enjoy the first week with us completely free. So check it out for a free trial and get a taste of what ad-free shows is all about Go on over right now at com. Arn, I had another blast with you again this week, my friend.
2: One last question. I know you live in an affluent neighborhood, probably a gated community. What would happen if you right now ran out with and started beating a pan in your front yard?
1: <laughs> Just Randomly just randomly there would just be people peeping peeking through their their blinds and and saying yeah we have an idiot neighbor yeah probably a lot of that okay maybe just, a call to a cop i don't know
2: yeah i mean it's not normal yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to think about this
1: yeah well give me yeah. something to do check it out in your google machine type out celebration new year's eve celebration with pots and pans and see if it if it up oh,
2: okay. I hope I don't find something crazy. Have a good week. Okay.
1: Uh, on behalf of the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, this is Pots and Pans, Paul B, and we'll be back right here again next week on another episode of Arn. Oh, boom.
5: Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. And I know a thing or two about walking out on a bad deal, like paying someone else's mortgage. Don't let your landlord get over on you. Walk out on that bad deal and stop throwing your money away on rent today with SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You may not even need a down payment. Your new house payment could be less than what you're paying now. So if you're still renting, what are you doing? Conrad and his team can help you reverse your landlord's figure four leg lock and you can move up the card to home ownership. Visit savewithconrad.com today. That's right,
0: savewithconrad.com today. NMLS number 65084, equal housing landed. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together,